With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Be Shafe Daily. My name is Brendan Schaefer, alongside you here on Monday, July 19th, 2021. The Cardinals have themselves a little bit of a winning streak going right now, folks, as they beat the Cubs 8-3 on Monday night at Bush Stadium. When you come out of the All-Star break with only three starters on the active roster and you line things up, Wainwright, Kwon Yun Kim, Wade LeBlanc, your number three starter, as we probably talked about yesterday, if I recall correctly, a guy who you picked up in the middle of June and he wasn't good enough to be on the Orioles, right? Like they cast him aside in April and he's your number three starter. So when you have that situation, you're hoping for a little luck, a little good fortune with whatever ends up happening on days four and five. Today was day four and the Cardinals called upon Jake Woodford to make the start on Monday at Bush Stadium, and he was excellent. He was everything the Cardinals could have possibly hoped for and then some from their de facto number four starter in the in the rotation as of right now. And he certainly did enough on Monday to earn himself another opportunity in the Cardinals rotation. Mike Schilt all but confirming that Woodford would pitch against Cincinnati on the road when the Cardinals head there over the weekend. So he'll remain in the rotation. Remains to be seen who the Cardinals' number five starter is at present. We assume Johan Oviedo, by the time you listen to this podcast on Tuesday morning, the Cardinals hopefully will have revealed the answer to this question. Mike Schilt, during the postgame press conference on Monday, though, said we would know the answer before we went to sleep. Specifically that the commish Rick Hummel would know the answer before his head hit the pillow on Monday night. And we waited, we waited. I drove home all the way to O'Fallon, Missouri, which is like a good 35, 40 minutes. I even got gas on the way home. I get into my house, and the Cardinals still have not announced their starter. And then midnight happened, and it was like, okay, turns out I guess we're not finding out tonight. Shortly thereafter, we got a text, the media text, to state that the Cardinals would let us know on Tuesday morning who their Tuesday starter would be. I don't know why the delay. Again, this is probably bad podcasting, bad form, because you already know the answer by the time you're listening to this. But as I'm sitting here on Monday night, early Tuesday morning, I can't, for the life of me, figure out why the Cardinals didn't just tell us it's Oviedo. I guess because technically he's not on the active roster, which was the case with Woodford. But, you know, the fact that they're going to have to make a roster move and maybe something with figuring out what the corresponding move is going to be, letting everybody involved in that know what's up. Maybe they didn't get a chance to do that Monday. Maybe there's a mystery injury that's going to facilitate this, and they they just don't feel like telling us 
until Tuesday. I, I assume that by the time you're hearing this, it's Oviedo. If not, we'll have a wonderful explanation Tuesday night for what the hell happened and why the Cardinals went with the bullpen game. Like, I don't think Libertor is in play. Uh, so this speculation is probably hilarious because you guys know exactly what happened. And me, as you're hearing, hearing me say all of this, I have no idea. But nevertheless, we can talk about Woodford and the fact that what he did Monday was enough to earn himself continued stay in the rotation, at least for right now, because five and two-thirds innings, just one run, uh, six hits, and most importantly, didn't walk anybody. Like, the zero walks, that's more important than even the six strikeouts that Jake Woodford enjoyed on Monday night. The Cardinals, that's been their issue in the starting rotation and, and even in the bullpen. The league-leading walk total, league-leading hit-by-pitch total, I don't think he hit anybody either. Uh, DeYoung got hit, but that was the only hit-by-pitch in the game, if I do recall correctly. And so the fact that Woodford had pretty good command, I think he threw like 81 pitches, 80 pitches, 51 strikes. So the fact that you're able to you throw your, your 29 strikes, but none of them result in a basis on balls, none of them result in a free pass, that is absolutely massive and probably number one on the bulletin board of what the Cardinals wanted to see from Woodford. And they got other stuff too, right? They got the fact that the Cubs didn't score any runs. They just get the one run in the fifth inning where the Cardinals had built themselves a little lead. We'll talk about how they allowed that to happen in the fourth inning. It was absolutely ridiculous. The Cubs imploding on themselves. And I just, I kept wondering how they were going to top the last ridiculous play that took place. And then they kept doing it. And it was really funny if you're a Cardinals fan, really frustrating if you are a Cubs supporter, of which there were plenty of those at Bush Stadium today. Don't remember the official attendance. It was somewhere in the 30,000s. But there were definitely uh, Cubs fans that would have had a chance to make some noise if the Cubs would have done anything to merit it, but they just really didn't as the Cardinals got out ahead. There was that one opportunity in the fifth inning where three singles loads the bases for Chicago. Woodford is in a situation, and he's going to basically have to work his way out of it. Gets Ian Happ to ground into the double play. You'll gladly trade the two outs for the run at that point in time because it was 5-1 to one, even after the score, and then a harmless fly out to end the inning. Jake Woodford threw five, 76 pitches is all he had thrown at that point, and gets into the sixth inning, gets a couple of quick outs, and Mike Schilt decides that that's enough. He's seen all that he needs to see. Actually, I guess it was just four pitches that he threw in the sixth inning. Honestly, I went up to use the restroom, and then I came back, and they were changing pitchers. So I was like, oh, I guess whatever happened, they must have done it quickly. So Woodford really just a real, real quality outing. I, I say the word quality. It technically wasn't a quality start because to qualify for that, you've got to have six innings between zero and three earned runs. He goes five and two-thirds. He gives up one. And, like, they don't have any RBIs in the game, at least against Woodford, because it comes on a double play ball where he was more than happy to sacrifice the run to get the two outs, and that allowed them to escape what could have been a more serious jam for a young pitcher making his second start. I think this was in the big leagues. He had his major league debut where he went, like, three innings, started a game last year with very short notice, didn't know he'd be in the situation and was, and then this time gets the preparation, knows that he's going to be the guy, and comes through for the Cardinals with a really clutch outing. 
ideally he'll be able to do this going forward and, and remain a fixture in the rotation for as long as they need him there. You know, you entered the season. I don't know that Jake Woodford was necessarily somebody high on the radar regarding a starting opportunity. You figured that he'd be in the bullpen mixture. That's where he began the season, kind of the long relief guy for Cardinals manager Mike Schultz bullpen. But it just wasn't a fit as the season continued to progress where it felt like they were wasting him. And at the time, you didn't know, like, is Woodford, can can you really say they're wasting him? if he's not maybe the caliber of quality arm that would would necessitate his use in another role. Like, if he's not as good as the other options, then, you know, he's not really a starter. He's more of a, you know, pe- we, we don't know. We saw a great outing from him tonight. Otherwise, in his career, he's kind of been lost in that bullpen shuffle when he's gotten the chance in St. Louis. And so I really don't feel like we've gotten a full book on Jake Woodford and what he could potentially do just because of the role that he's been asked to fill the last couple of years hasn't been a particularly important one, useful one. And so John Mozeliak, I don't, you know, I don't know whose decision it was, but I think the front office sees the dire straits in which the team found themselves during the course of June. And toward the end of that month, they decide, they recognize that perhaps Jake Woodford could could play a part in the second half, don't know necessarily how, don't know when, but get him down there, build up as a starter. That was the intention when they sent him down, and he had a rough go in his first outing, but he was still kind of building back up from the role that he was filling for the Cardinals. And then with Memphis, had three straight outings where he allowed, I think, one earned run in each game, went more than five innings, or at least five innings in each of those three starts and put himself in position, put himself on the radar to be considered for this chance coming out of the all-star break and good for him. He took advantage of it. And now the Cardinals, you know, this is a, this is a day by day league where, you know, one month you're on the street because the Orioles got rid of you. And the next thing you know, you're the Cardinals number three starter hearkening back to Wade LeBlanc. Things change quickly. And this week the pitching looks a lot better because, you, you still trust Wainwright at the top of your rotation, even though he struggled a little bit in his last game. Really just a couple of home runs that he gave up on Friday is what killed him. One of those being a three-run shot, and that'll that'll do the job and, and make your outing not look as good as it otherwise could have. Kwon Young Kim, we've talked about him being really strong on Saturday. And then Sunday, you get Wade LeBlanc kind of doing what he's done and just keeping things pretty stabilized for the Cardinals starting pitching staff, but then it's like not knowing Monday and Tuesday exactly what you're going to get from guys was a scary proposition, but big job done by Woodford on Monday to be able to basically say, okay, now you feel like four spots in the rotation, at least this turn through, looking pretty solidified right now. And so you, you can almost look at the Cardinals through a different lens to say, hey, if this is the kind of pitching you're going to get, you're not going to get what Woodford did tonight every time he pitches. I You know, that's not very realistic and next time he's going to have to face the Reds and he's got some history there certainly Nick Castellanos is going to be in that lineup Jesse Winker has done some damage against the Cardinals this season and so that's going to be really interesting to to see how he responds to that after the the April situation that happened with Castellanos flexing over Jake Woodford Woodford was the pitcher when all that was going on and so certainly some storylines abound for that upcoming matchup but 
you like to see what he did on Monday, and you can look at this rotation and say, same thing for Woodford, same thing for LeBlanc. If those two can just kind of give you a chance, five innings, couple runs, three runs, do enough to keep you in the game, allow the bullpen to at least remain on its regular schedule. Tonight you didn't see any of the big three because all three of them pitched on Sunday in the win, and it worked out okay because the Cardinals scored enough runs. They didn't have to worry. You put Andrew Miller in there, sure, he gave up a run. You put John Ganton there for multiple innings, yeah, he gave up a run. No big deal. You're able to save the key members of your bullpen that have been overutilized this year out of necessity because of the fact that you don't necessarily trust a lot of the options behind Cabrera, Gallegos, Reyes. And so that's the situation in which the Cardinals have found themselves. But tonight, it aligned really perfectly because of the fact that you had that big lead. Now, if you look at the Cardinals through a lens of, hey, they've got a number of starting pitchers that can, at worst, keep them in games. They're not getting blown to smithereens. And I I keep bringing up Carlos Martinez, who did end up having surgery, by the way. So I I don't know if you're going to see him again. He had the torn ligament in the thumb, elected for a surgical repair. We'll see if he's able to return at some point in September or potentially October, if there is an October for the Cardinals. But the reason I bring him up when he was a starter for you, before he got injured, what you saw from Martinez was either greatness, where he's going six, seven innings, one run, no runs, just really quality vintage Carlos Martinez, or you you got absolutely annihilated. You give up eight runs or ten runs. I mean, he had a couple outings that were just putrid. Those are not outings that give you a chance to win. Those are not keeping your team in the game. That's not what that was. And so... At least so far, what we've seen from Wade LeBlanc in four starts, the worst of which being a three-inning outing where he gave up three runs, and then they pulled the plug. Like, that's not great, but you still have a a semblance of an opportunity to win a game at that point. You're not giving up the six-run inning in the first or second or third to where, yeah, you can pretty much write this one off before the latter six innings have been played. That's not the case so far, at least, when Wade LeBlanc pitches. Maybe Jake Woodford can style himself similarly. Maybe Jake Woodford has a higher ceiling than Wade LeBlanc. The Cardinals would certainly take that, but what they've been looking for and what they honestly will continue to look for until Miles Michaelis returns, which he's set to go on a rehab assignment beginning maybe within the next couple of days. They're already getting that underway. Before Jack Flaherty returns, whenever that may happen, if it's mid-August, whatever the case might be, What the Cardinals are going to continue to look for out of their rotation, especially spots three through five, is a floor. They're not worried about the ceiling so much as they are. What's the floor? Can you just keep us in the game? Give us some innings, five innings, six innings, if we're feeling feeling frisky, and and try to knock on the door of a quality start. Keep them in the game. See if the offense can't make something happen. That's going to be the recipe for the Cardinals until they get the rotation back that they – kind of figured they'd have at the beginning of the year, which by the end of August, you could have a rotation that includes Flaherty, Michaelis, Wainwright, Kim. I mean, that's pretty good. That's four of five, and you knew Hudson would be out all season, so you you don't really count him. Carlos Martinez, I guess, would be the other guy, and and he wasn't all that good when he was healthy anyways, so you might be better off with Wade LeBlanc going four or five innings and giving up a run or two and sometimes three and just – calling it good there and then by then we'll see what Jake Woodford you know maybe get a sample size of outings from him and you'll be able to make that determination of 
who the five starters should be. If the Cardinals can get to that point by the end of August and they can be in a position in the standings where they're a couple, two, three, four, five games above 500 going into September, that might be enough. That could be within striking distance of the Brewers. What's going to have to happen, though, is the offense is going to have to find its gear of consistency to be able to facilitate that alongside the starting pitching, alongside the bullpen. Monday, they did. The offense contributed in in a variety of ways to get the Cardinals eight runs. Granted, the fourth inning, they didn't really do a whole lot. (laughs) They just kind of took what the game gave them, which is exactly what Dylan Carlson said after the game. It's exactly what they should have done in that situation. But I I probably need to pull up the play-by-play on my computer here to describe accurately without getting things twisted up what the heck happened in that fourth inning. Start off the inning with a strikeout by Carpenter. Keep that in mind. He strikes out to begin the inning. Carpenter batted third. We don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it, but he did. He started at third base, batted third. Nolan Arenado got the day off, and so basically Mike Schilt, I guess so as not to disturb the rest of the lineup, just plopped him right into Nolan's spot, which I think I don't like agree with it. I think it's kind of... A lazy way to do the lineup. Not to say that he was lazy and didn't give it consideration, but I, I feel like, yeah, it's okay if you have to move everybody around. It's not that big of a deal, but like put your best foot forward. I don't know that as much as I've been on the carp getting getting a bad rap for, you know, some of the, the poor performance that he's had this year, which it's been bad. It hasn't been good and he's he's been pretty sporadic even of late where I thought he had kind of turned the corner. It's it's not been ideal and, and he's on the downturn of his career, but I just don't I just don't know if the fact that he was playing in the lineup for Arenado means he can just land in the three hole. But granted, up and down the lineup hasn't been all that effective for the Cardinals of late. Like they won the last two games on Saturday and Sunday, scoring a combined five runs. So maybe that's part of the reason why eh, it doesn't matter, just put Carpenter in the three hole. But he strikes out to begin the fourth inning. And then the madness begins. Error on the third baseman, Patrick Wisdom, on a ball that Tyler O'Neill might have made it safely the third anyway. Like, that could have been the one that I would say, all right, you could have at least given Tyler an infield single. He's got, like, the best sprint speed in baseball, if not, you know, one of the top guys. So you probably could have given him there. Yadier Molina then hits a ball to the outfield. First pitch swinging, as he often likes to do. He gets a base hit, and it actually lands on outfield grass. It's the only time in the Cardinals' four-run fourth that they could claim that. Tommy Edmond draws a walk. Now you got the bases loaded. Here's where it starts to get crazy. Kind of a squibber, a little chopper off the bat of Paul DeYoung to Javier Baez. And look, I think this was a play that Baez, if he makes at his his premium best, he ends up probably getting Paul DeYoung at first base. But... Hard to assume if you're the official scorer, a sensational play. And so they don't. They give the the error to Javi Baez because he basically just misses the baseball. Tries to barehand it, can't pick it up, run scores. Then another ball to Javi Baez. He picks this one up, decides to go home on the hit back to him by Harrison Bader. Sails the throw. So another run scores, again, thanks to Javi Baez. And I don't guess he was given... An error on that play, they ruled it a, a... No, they did. They did. There was some confusion in the press box, but looking now over the, the scoring, it was a fielder's choice, but then they did 
give him a throwing error because just a bad throw to the plate that took the catcher off the plate. That's one of those situations where it didn't really matter that the catcher didn't like secure the baseball. They're trying to keep their feet on the, the home plate in order to get the out. And then they missed the ball because of it, but no runners advanced beyond that. It was just the one run that scored. And so now you just do it again. Bases are loaded still for the Cardinals. Jake Woodford comes up to bat. He strikes out. Dylan Carlson, big A-B. I guess it technically was a plate appearance. He draws a walk. Another run scored. And just when you think it can't get any more ridiculous, Paul Goldschmidt hits one 31 miles per hour toward the first base side. Alec Mills comes bounding off the mound and walks right over the baseball. As he's running toward first base to cover the bag, Anthony Rizzo flat out did not have time to get to the ball. And so everybody's safe again. The only chance they had, and I I listened back to the broadcast, the marquee broadcast for the Cubs, and I believe it's John Shambi that does their games now, basically said the only chance that they had at this play was for Alec Mills to pick the baseball up on his way by and beat Goldsmith to the base. He didn't even try to pick up the ball. And it was like a grocery aisle where you've got two carts and nobody can get through. And it's really inefficient because as he's passing the baseball, like Rizzo's trying to get to it. And so he has to take a little less of a little, little less of an efficient route and nothing ends up happening. So it was hilarious. Cardinals score another run. And then to end the inning, to put the cherry on top, Matt Carpenter strikes out. So he struck out to begin the inning, struck out to end the inning. Not sure who had a worse half inning, him or Javi Baez. Probably Baez, considering his flubs led directly to two Cardinals runs and allowed the inning to continue, and so the Cardinals end up with a 5 nothing lead by the time it's all said and done, which ends up being pretty critical because it allows for Jake Woodford to give up a few hits there in the top of the fifth inning, but once he settled in, got the double play ball, it was like, all right, things are fine here. We're good here. And then the Cardinals, for good measure, they go back-to-back with the home runs from Dylan Carlson and Paul Goldschmidt in the sixth inning to kind of earn some of their runs in the game. Like, yeah, they didn't really earn everything in the fourth. In fact, technically none of the, the runs in the fourth were earned, all unearned because it was all facilitated by errors. The Cubs had four errors in the game, but ultimately you get a little bit of a power surge there in the sixth. Dylan Carlson the last couple of days has been hitting a lot of balls, pulling them to right field, giving them home run or near home run distance. This time he was able to keep it fair and just inside the foul pole for the homer. A really good night by Dylan Carlson. The way he was stinging the ball was really good to see because it has been a struggle for him coming into this game. He was hitting 160 for the month of July. And it was kind of funny when the commission asked him about, you know, just the difference between what he had been doing two for his last 19 versus the success that he had tonight. It was kind of a, a good reaction from the rookie, still rookie right fielder, Dylan Carlson, who said, that ain't going to get it done, obviously, but I appreciate you letting me know. Like Carlson didn't realize he's kind of of the school of Paul Goldschmidt in that way, where he probably isn't aware of what his trends are and he's X for his last however many he has no idea and so I think Kamish told him two for his last 19 coming into today and he said yeah that's not going to get it done wow but thanks for letting me know like he had no idea so he did say it with a laugh it was a funny moment Uh, I did put that into my my article tonight for KMOV make sure you check that out 
I don't plug my KMOV stuff enough, I think, on the podcast. But if you're listening to me here, we'd love to have your support in the stuff I actually write, which I did tonight, breaking down the Cardinals' victory. Hopefully you can get something out of that that you don't get out of this, and it's a nice compliment to one another. Keep on uh, all the content. Would appreciate you doing so. But Carlson ends up having a quality game definitely needed for him, and Goldsmith was the other guy. Ends up getting his home run to kind of right center field, a little bit of an opposite field, Jack, for Goldie, who has been on fire month of July. I believe coming in today, today the uh, OPS was like 1137, so handily above 1,000 for the month of July. And then obviously adding to that with a home run, not so bad. I did send out a tweet at some point tonight where Goldsmith had hit the homer and Paul DeYoung was hit by a pitch over two night for Paul DeYoung as of the point where I started doing all this research. But I found out that the two Pauls in the Cardinals lineup for the month of July, both of them have been pretty hot, combining for an OPS of 1.145, 1,145. So those two combined have done a remarkable job this month. Cardinals obviously reliant upon Paul Goldschmidt because he is one of the, the anchors of your lineup, expected to be one of your best hitters. He finally got the OPS to 800. That's like for the first time since... April 6th, I think, was the last time he ended a game with an OPS above 800. He's at 800 right on the dot as of the end of Monday's game. Nolan Arenado not playing. I think he's at like 798 or 795. I know he's dropped below 800, so Goldsmith has actually surpassed him with his quality outing on Monday. Would love to see Go- uh, Arenado, rather, be able to get it back. Uh, he's like one for his last 18, so I, I understand, even though you're just fresh off the All-Star break, giving him uh, the, the day to, to breathe, kind of reset himself. I think, you know, the, the fact that you do just come off the All-Star break and it hasn't looked right for Arnado, I don't I don't disagree at all with Mike Schilt just giving him a day. There's nothing wrong with that, and hopefully he, he got the rest that he needed, got the recharge that he needed, because if you can get him and Goldsmith going at the same time, like that's what the Cardinals kind of were thinking was going to happen when they when they brought Arenado in over the offseason. They they looked on paper at what their lineup could look like. That was kind of the dream. And Paul DeYoung was part of that dream in that I think they figured he'd be, if not in the cleanup spot, at least like maybe number five, number six in the order. And Mike Schilt, to his credit, has dropped him down lower. And it almost is like the pressure is off of Paul DeYoung because he's been great at least over the month of July. Batting average above 200, OPS above 700. Take it while you can get it. DeYoung's looked really good. And again, tonight didn't didn't score any, uh, pardon me, didn't get any hits, but he was over three with two runs scored because reached on an error and uh, also got hit by a pitch. So getting what they can out of the bottom of the order is going to be key. Harrison Bader had a two for four night. This coming after Sunday when he had the, the stumbling adventure into first base that ended up being the go-ahead RBI to allow the Cardinals to win that game 2-1. to one. Getting some production from the bottom of the order. You'd like to see Tommy Edmond get going. He did at least have a walk today in an 0-3 outing. But you're, you're seeing the pieces kind of come together. Tyler O'Neill has fallen off a little bit, but is still he, he's not going on a massive downturn like he had a base hit today. One for four with a run scored. So just... Slowly but surely, you can start to see the pieces come together. Like, even over the weekend when they didn't score very many runs, on on Friday they at least had a bunch of hits. They took it at bats, 15 base runners with the four walks combining 
to go with the 11 hits. Not a lot in the way of extra base hits. It was the Goldsmith home run on Friday was really all they had to show for their efforts. Then Saturday, Sunday, they they didn't do as much offensively. They didn't have as many hits, but they took advantage of the chances they had. They did enough to win. You can thank the pitching for that to hold the opponent to just one run in each of those games. But tonight was more the offensive breakout, took advantage of the Cubs' utter stupidity in the fourth, and then hit some home runs because you're totally capable of doing that. So don't look now, but I, I could see where this thing starts to come together a little bit for the Cardinals if they can continue to get that kind of pitching because, honestly, that's what's going to be the thing that sets the tone for the Cardinals. You can have the offense and you can talk all about it that you want, but it really does make a difference when the when the pitching is good and you have a little bit of belief in your team after two, three innings, and it's not like it had been for some of those Carlos Martinez outings and other games where they it seemed like for a while they were down 2 nothing before they ever came to the bat. That's not a winning recipe, and the Cardinals starting to turn that around with quality pitching. I think that's what has to come first, and then they're able to kind of settle into their game offensively. Dylan Carlson even said, with the way Jake Woodford pitched and set the tone tonight, it sort of allowed for them to be in the mindset to take good at-bats. So I think... It's it's a chicken and the egg kind of situation where I think you could argue it definitely matters. If your pitching is giving you some confidence, you can take that confidence to the plate. And the Cardinals certainly did that tonight with the effort provided by Jake Woodford. So kudos to Woodford. Absolutely. Well, I'm anxious to see what he does against Cincy over the weekend. Like the fact that he's going to be back against Nick Castellanos, I think that's going to be a blast. And I think that I think Woodford's got a little moxie. Like I think he can handle the situation like that that deal with Castellanos, I don't think that really rattled him either. I think he can hang in there and hold his own, so I'll be excited to see what he does in the next one. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Going to kind of wrap things up here for B-Shape Daily tonight. Uh, we'll talk to you Tuesday night after the Cardinals game. I don't know who's pitching, so I can't really do much of a game preview for you for the Cardinals. It's currently a TBD, but again, by the time you hear the podcast, you'll know the answer, and so do your own little uh, game preview in your head. And we'll talk about it after the fact. How mystery guest fares against the Chicago Cubs. Cubs are now uh, two games below 500. they They're in fourth. The Cardinals take sole possession of third place. You know, minor victory, but you t- take it while you can have it. Trying to work their way up. And the fact that they get the Reds next, that's just another opportunity to continue to better their positioning in the division as they look to track down the Milwaukee Brewers. Appreciate you guys for joining me. As always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so before. You can find Be Shafe Daily in lots of places, right? Spotify, that's one. Apple Podcasts. I know you have an iPhone. Most of you do. I don't. I'm living that pixel life. But if you're an iPhone person, that's okay. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Another place, Google Podcasts. If you want to go that route, you can do that too. Subscribe in every single place that you could ever find B-Shape Daily. That's totally my recommendation to you. Appreciate you, as always, for listening. Yeah, you. I appreciate you. So thank you for doing it. Check out my article at KMOV on Tuesday's game, on Monday's game, I should say. Listen, it's past 2 a.m. now. I'm talking out of my out of my rear. I don't know what I'm saying. So I'm going to let you guys go here. Thank you once again, and we'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Peace.